In the first episode of this series, I talked about the Bible and I talked about why it's a book that can be trusted. And one of the reasons I gave was the fact of prophecy. In this episode, we're actually going to touch on some of those prophecies or promises that God made and was documented in the Bible. We're also going to touch on some of the promises that have yet to be fulfilled, but based on the prior promises that have been fulfilled, we can trust in them. Let's start all the way back to the beginning. After Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, God knew that death and suffering were coming upon the world and that pains would trouble humanity. This is when he devised his first plan, the plan of redemption. See, in the garden, after Adam and Eve sinned, they saw their nakedness and was ashamed and afraid and decided to hide from God. Now, the reason why they hid from God is because they, too, bought into the lie that Satan told them that God isn't love. And what was ironic about this is that while they were hiding in fear of condemnation, God was coming to them with a plan of redemption. Originally, God created them in such a way that they could live forever, but only if they continually eat from the tree of life. And the day that they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they had to be cut off from the tree of life, which meant that they would, yes, eventually die. But God looked with compassion upon these sinful children of his. And so God told them about his plan, his plan of redemption. He told them about Jesus. He told them that there would be a descendant born of Eve who would crush Satan's head. God was making a promise, a prophecy to humanity that he would not leave them entirely to the control of Satan. He would send a savior. This was God's first promise to humanity, but he made more promises all through history and at just the right time too. And he did this in order to keep the hope of humans alive. God even made a promise about his second coming and he did this through Jesus. When Jesus was on earth talking to his disciples, Jesus made a contract with them during the last supper. The contract was that they would proclaim the Lord's first and second coming. They must share with the others the good news about Jesus who died for our sins and will come again to take repentant sinners to heaven. What is amazing about signing a contract with God is that he does most of the work. All we do is surrender to him. When we surrender entirely to him, everything naturally follows. He will chisel us. He will guide us. He will change us. And we will naturally feel compelled to share this good news with others. We call this contract at the Last Supper is called the New Covenant. We find this in Matthew 26, 28. Like the disciples who were first given the New Covenant, 
we are given the same opportunity to participate in that covenant and its promises to us. We can eat the Last Supper meal with Jesus. We can drink the cup of the new covenant. We can proclaim to the world that Jesus has come and will come again. As Christians, we renew this covenant by participating in an act called communion, referred to in 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 26. The Greek word for communion means fellowship. This is a fellowship meal where people gather to remember what Christ has done for them and providing forgiveness for their sinfulness. This is why we eat the communion meal together. Then we go out to tell people about Jesus and what he offers them. That is, God wants people to experience forgiveness and freedom from guilt and shame. He wants them to experience a changed heart. Then he wants them to share with others what Jesus did for them. This is the hope that he wants to keep alive. And some people need this hope especially right now. They need freedom. They need forgiveness. And Jesus can meet everyone's needs. The Bible speaks often of the second coming. Some prophecies talk about events that precede his return. Others about what it will be like when he does return. The Bible says that every eye in the world will see Jesus at his return. Revelation 1.7. The Bible says he will be coming in the clouds just as he left. Acts 1.11. There will be a trumpet blast, the shout of the archangel, and the dead will rise from their graves. 1 Corinthians 15.52 and 1 Thessalonians 4.16. This is no secret event. In fact, scripture warns us to not be deceived by those who say that his return is seen only by some. These people are liars and cannot be trusted. Now, I want you to imagine with me Jesus coming in bright clouds with an innumerable number of angels. It is clearly a supernatural event because all the earth can see him. People come out of their graves with the youthfulness of life. You recognize loved ones whom you lost during your life, and then you begin to rise towards Jesus. Jesus takes you, he takes all of us, to live with him in a new existence for eternity. Now it's not lost on me that this picture that we just painted is pretty crazy. But once again, consider this. The Bible has literally thousands of prophecies, thousands of promises, and all of them have been correct thus far. So as crazy and extraordinary as this might sound, you can be reassured that if you accept Jesus into your heart, get baptized and surrender your life to him, walking with him as your savior and Lord, that not if, but when the second coming happens, you will be taken home away from the sinful world and live the rest of eternity with a God of love.
More on this in the next episode of A Picture of God.